The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, welcome everybody to another wonderful edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. This has, happens to be the Sunday conversation that I love to have, and I can't tell you, oh, I'm about to tell you who I love dearly, my friend Mary Beth Gonzalez. You all know uh, her husband, Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez, was a favorite of everybody on the Robert Scott Bell Show. And we are having a little bitty mini reunion at the Healing Strong Conference 10 years later, 10th anniversary. I remember uh, the one in, in Atlanta area 10 years ago, and uh, man, there were a lot of uh, Nick's patients at that one. And I might hear some stories. I don't know what's going on, but I do want to hear about what's going on with you, Mary Beth. And for those of you who don't know the Sunday version of the Robert Scott Bell Show, we kind of transitioned to uh, just a long form conversation, uh, catching up with old friends or meeting new ones and learning about them, why they believe what they believe, what, what, you know, what, what makes you get up every day despite the things that happen in life. And I'm grateful to have Mary Beth here because, again, it's my link to one of my best friends in the whole world in, in, in the years that I've been doing this uh, this show uh, and Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez. So, Mary Beth, it's so good to see you. Oh, it's great to see you again, too, yeah. Robert. And Nick is here. Yes, yeah, very much I felt so. him here all weekend long mm -hmm. and certainly between the two of us. Yeah, and, and every time I see Mary Beth, big hug. We're so it's a reunion. We just feel that. And that, that stands the test of time, right? These things are timeless. And, uh, you know, our existence in, in terms of we measure it in time because the time we have here, as we know, is fleeting. We've lost many loved ones and friends along the way. And yet, you know, sometimes we ask, well, why are we still here? What have we to do? And, you know, very much my focus on these Sunday conversations is all about, you know, mission and passion and, you know, why we do what we do and why you continue on the legacy of your husband, Nicholas Gonzalez. Well, I know for sure that the reason I'm still here is that there was still much, so much more work to do on Nick's behalf. Mm -hmm. um, and while he's on, you know, he's in heaven now doing God's work, um, I feel really fortunate that I've been able to pick up some of the projects that he was working on mm -hmm. before he died, and then also be able to, through our foundation, um, share uh, the work that he did with doctors so that the actual work lives on. Um, but it has been tough oh and, my gosh, yeah. and it's a real test of faith. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually never had anybody close to me die before Nick. Wow. So I didn't know anything about grieving. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you, when your grandparents die and they're in their eighties and their nineties, you kind of expect it. Right? right. Um, but when your husband drops dead in your arms, um, you just, I just didn't know what to do. Um, but it's been a, it's been a real lesson in um, figuring out what was best for me mm -hmm. and for the work and, and then aligning myself with the right people. Yeah. And I, to do that, I really leaned on God. I, mm -hmm. I prayed all the time. Especially when somebody new came into my life, I said, is this the one that's going to help me or is this the one that's going to hurt us? Mm -hmm. It is a powerful thing to remember because a lot of people forget. And even in my lecture here at the Healing Strong event, I always talk about my first obligation 
as a healer is to connect people to the source of all healing. And that's not me. <laughs> that's our divinity. That's our creation to the divine, our re, re, uh, let's say a relationship with the divine. And as I've talked about the various forms of medicine, including allopathic medicine, Nick was trained as a, a physician, a, a medical physician. It's, it's very rare that your spirituality survives the onslaught of a, a materialistic reductionist, you know, programming. Right. And, you know, among the many things I love Nick about for is was his his connection to spirit. It, he never abandoned it as intelligent as we might think we are. And we know he was. He never put that before that relationship with the divine. And, and to me, that that's why he was as brilliant as he was and why it still lives on. And again, to your credit, not only to lose your husband, to say, you know, what, I'm going to carry on somehow and, and make sure this is not lost. I mean, I, you can't imagine how many times I would say prayers to God, please help Mary Beth, because I can't do what she's about to do and what you are doing. And I didn't know how I was going to do it, mm -hmm. um, but I knew that I had to do it. I knew that Nick trusted me and that um, I just needed to be open to the, all the doors that, that God opened for mm -hmm. me. Uh, it's interesting, you, you know, you talk about Nick's relationship mm -hmm. with the Lord and the Holy Spirit. Um you know, he read his Bible every single morning for an hour. And I remember when we were um, engaged, he said to me, Mary Beth, I want you to understand that, that I have three priorities in my life. And number one is God. And I thought, oh, gosh, am I going to make the list? <laughs> <laughs> Starting there. Number two was mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And number three was his work. Mm -hmm. And there were times when they crossed over sure. a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't feel like I was number two. Sometimes, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, he he carried on this work because he felt that it was given to him mm -hmm. by God. Uh, and yeah. the Holy Spirit certainly led him every day. Mm-hmm. When was it, um, and, and now we're talking about your relationship with him when he was still here with you and with us, uh, that you realized the work that this man had undertaken in, the, in this lifetime, you know, that the significance of what he was doing? Well, um, we were on our first date hmm. when um, at the end of the meal, a, a young couple came over to the table and said, um, excuse me, uh, are you Dr. Gonzalez? Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez. And, and Nick was kind of embarrassed. He's like, I'm on a date. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they said, we don't want to bother you, but we just want to say, thank you. Mm. You saved my mother. And with, without you, my mother would have, would have died. And now she's a grandmother. And we, we were just so blessed um, that you were able to help her. And so even though I, I, I knew about Nick's work, it's actually how I met him. Mm -hmm. Um, I started to realize the importance of it when stories like that would happen all the time. Yeah. All the time. I mean, they didn't always just stop us in the restaurant. Sometimes they would stop us on the street. And patients would always call uh, and and sometimes I answered the phone and um, so they would tell me their stories. They were telling our stories, mm -hmm. his stories at, at our wedding. Um, and frankly, you know, I've been on the protocol since our third date. Mm -hmm. Uh, for preventative reasons. So I saw firsthand how it could impact my own health. And I could only imagine what it was doing for others. Mm -hmm. So it was early on. It was, it was an, it was a very important part of our courtship that he knew that I understood mm -hmm. that this was different yeah. and that he was a public figure and our life was going to be different. Mm -hmm. Did, did um, you and 
again, these are these are tough questions. Uh, I'm just like reminiscing about you know all the I, my eyes are getting teary just talking <laughs> about you know our, our our my buddy your your husband and yes he his spirit lives on he's very present with me on my show as well all the time and and you know getting together with you only strengthens that I I just uh, you know think about the life that you plan together and then what happens along the way did you have any premonitions or any thought in your mind when you you know got together that one day that you would have to carry on in this way or was this something that happened in a shock as well as to all of us absolutely no clue nick was super healthy and he took great action every day mm -hmm. to to stay healthy um and so you know, oddly enough, a couple months before he passed away, we were writing our wills um, only because we didn't have any. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a good thing to do. Right. You know, we're adults. We should have a will. Um, and we were in the process of doing that. Um, and the the lawyer kept saying, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that. You know, what about like long term care insurance? He's trying to, to talk to us about all these things. Right. And Nick's like, I don't need long-term care insurance. Right. I'm going to live forever. I'm going to be practicing, you know, into my nineties. And, mm -hmm. and so none of the stuff you're trying to sell me is necessary. And, and rather, unfortunately we did finish our wills, mm -hmm. um, but we hadn't had them completely signed. Mm. Um, and because a lawyer didn't live near us and we had to arrange for him to come into Nick's office when there would be witnesses. So we never actually got those wills signed. Oh my goodness. Which added a whole other a realm complexity of complexity. Of it. Yeah, right. You know, going through probate court and right. all was, of that. It was yeah. Horrible. Yeah. So it's horrible. you know, and these are the things we we have a sense of our lives. And we don't some people do get a premonition. Some people do, you know, get things like that. And not always does it happen. And and you know, I still I'm not saying I struggle with it, but I always, you know, I'm, I'm a curious guy. I ask questions of, of, you know, talk to God and say, you know, what was it about Nick's mission that he had to leave at that time? You know, that he had done so much and suddenly good Lord says, nope, I need you more. <laughs> and, you know, we're all left. And again, I, I'm not measuring, you know, the love for Nick is out here in this audience as well. And it's right here with Mary Beth. Um, but at the same time, you look at what you're doing, I, you know, obviously you wouldn't have been doing any of this stuff if, if he were still alive. Now, that doesn't mean we want to trade that at all, but no. we're dealing with, a, you know, an a, a unexpected reality. And um, so we do talk about that a lot uh, and it, within my family. Mm -hmm. And um, one conclusion that I've come to is that despite my like regular Saturday night conversations with Nick that he had to go train somebody mm -hmm. so that, that they could carry on this work, somebody younger, mm -hmm. um, so that he could work a little less hard and there would be a future for the protocol. Um, and it really was like every Saturday night we'd have this conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, Nick would say, I just don't have the time and, and to go find this person. And then, um, so he's like, I pray to God that God will send me the right person that I can, I can train because I, I can't, don't have the time to go out and look. Mm -hmm. Well, now having spent four years uh, putting together a curriculum to teach this work to mm -hmm. other doctors um, and preparing 70 hours of a seminar to teach it, I know it was a ton of work mm -hmm. and I know Nick didn't have the time. So, so some yeah. people who are close to me think that, you know, part of the reason um, why this is such a blessing is that with 
I guess without Nick here, mm -hmm. I was able to go do this. Step into that role, yes. yeah. He, Nick wouldn't have let me run a seminar and teach other doctors <laughs> right. if he was still here. Yeah. Um, nor would I have ever asked. No, yeah. Um, exactly. But now we've got six doctors around the world who are carrying on and practicing the Gonzalez Protocol. And mm -hmm. we told some success stories here at the, at the, um, at the Healing Strong event. Yeah, and by the way, you're feel free to share any of those as well while we're chatting about these things because, you know, not everybody could be here with us in Houston at the Healing Strong event to learn about, again, the successes that are still ongoing, even without our beloved Nick with us physically present. Uh, but, I, you know, and I appreciate you sharing a little bit of these insights, too, is like, because, uh, you know, good, I, I see what you're doing. And I'm not there with you, but I'm just imagining the amount of effort, intensity, all of the things that you've gone through to get to this point and, you know, miracle after miracle. But it's also not just a miracle that poof out of thin air. She worked her tushy off to, you know, you've been working very hard, dedicating your life to this from this point, from that point forward. And uh, I'm like I said, I'm just in awe. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I've had I've had help mm -hmm. along the way from the right people. And sure. like I said, I've learned to stay away from the people who are trying to sabotage us. Sure. Um, oh, and there were plenty of people trying to sabotage Nick when he sure. was here. Sure. <laughs> so that wasn't going to end just because he was gone. So, um, yeah. so uh, for this conference, mm -hmm. I we did create several different case studies mm -hmm. just on a piece of paper. Um, and I was giving a, a presentation and I actually had people in the room read some of these stories. Mm -hmm. um, but one of them is actually from a current patient mm -hmm. who's being seen by Dr. Tony Jimenez. Oh, Dr. Tony. Um, right. So Dr. Tony is one of our Gonzalez certified doctors. We call them Gonzalez guardians because mm -hmm. they're guarding and protecting mm -hmm. um, Dr. Gonzalez's work. Um, and he has a pancreatic cancer patient. Um, and his story is, he says, I believe I am healed. I am blessed by the Gonzalez protocol. He was diagnosed uh, with Ardenus carcinoma in the head of the pancreas stage four in May of 2021. He started the protocol with, with Dr. Tony in January 22. Mm -hmm. um, Dr. Tony, for those of you who don't know, he's the chief medical officer at the Hope for Cancer Clinic uh, in Cancun in, in Mexico. Um, so Tony knew how to design a protocol because that's what we taught him. Mm -hmm. Um, he put him on a moderate vegetarian diet with a customized supplement and so he, he metabolically plan. typed him metabolically right? typed him. Nick had done. Yeah. Um, uses all the same tools that mm -hmm. Nick had mm -hmm. that we have um, proprietary for our doctors. Nice. And so Rick is now a, a, a two plus year pancreatic cancer survivor. Mm -hmm. And in fact, he just came back from um, riding his mountain bike on a th uh, for three days awesome. um, with his best friends. Um, on a on a trip, so he's active and he's doing great. And mm -hmm. and the message that he wanted y'all to know mm -hmm. is that God has used the Gonzalez protocol and specifically Dr. Tony in just an amazing way to change everything. My view, my wellness. I believe the cancer will go away. I feel so good. Yeah. So those are stories of hope that we came here at Healing Strong to tell. That's so beautiful. And uh, we love Dr. Tony as well. And uh, Marcy is, is here, his wife. Yes, we Marcy's got to see here. Her and uh, hope to see them again. She was talking to me about um, uh, maybe a conference next year in the, in uh, September, perhaps. Um, I don't know if she's mentioned that, but uh, they, so ne we, they never hosted them. So. No, we've been talking about yeah. um, having a another conference, but... Mm -hmm. Um, we did just agree that the doctors and I are all getting together um, in November okay. of this year. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, it'll be two years since we 
spent 10 days together. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and even though we, we interact constantly, um, and some of the doctors, um, review all the other doctors, patient files Mm -hmm. and, and protocols and follow up. Um, so they're in constant communication. Being in person is just amazing. Yes. So we're going to be doing that in November. And, um, and I'm really thankful that so far all of them are able to do it. And it was kind of short notice that we planned this. Oh, that is so awesome. Folks, uh, there's a lot of history here. Uh, the websites we should let everybody know about so you can review it. We'll have it linked up in the show notes as well. TheGonzalezProtocol.com. I'll hold this up for those of you watching. You'll see on this brochure. Let's see if that'll focus on it. It's hard. It's kind of fuzzy. TheGonzalezProtocol.com. But it's in the show notes that you can learn about the Nicholas Gonzalez Foundation and see that his life continues. His life's work continues thanks to Mary Beth and others that are working with her. And, um, you know, I know not everybody fully engaged on everything Dr. Nick did. And, and also I recognize too, that, uh, each doctor brings their own unique perspective to the work. It's just the nature of, you know, the healing continues, but these are the folks that really dedicated to the core principles that you're working with, uh, that Dr. Nick helped to bring out. Yes. Um, so, uh, these six doctors obviously had different backgrounds coming into this. Um, some of them knew Dr. Gonzalez, but, but they, you know, some of them are, have been practicing for 30 years, some of them for less amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can understand that they have a lot of different tools in their toolkit. Right. Well, one of the things that, that we've made clear, um, both in the whole administrative application process, but also in the seminar, is mm-hmm. that you need to stick to the protocol. The protocol works. And we're not here to improve it. We're not here to enhance it and take it to the quote unquote next level because mm-hmm. it works just fine. And it's been working really well for gosh, 40 years, starting with Dr. Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, one of the challenges that we do face is that when a, when a new patient comes and sees one of our doctors, you know, they, they, they have to have the faith that the protocol itself is going to be enough Mm -hmm. and that that's all they need to do. Cause normally, you know, they might add like six or seven other things to somebody's treatment. Um, and so that's been, you know, a learning curve for them and, and their, um, own journey of having faith that what they, that they can do this properly and Mm -hmm. that when they do it, the patient will get well. And do you find that all of the docs you work with are people of faith as well? Well, that was a really important part of our criterion for when we were choosing the doctors. Um, you know, I, I knew that this work had had come from God mm-hmm. and that Nick believed that, you know, God designed us to be well. And we wanted the people who were carrying on this work to feel the mm-hmm. same way. Yeah. In, in the spirit of, you know, all the my interactions with Nick was always we were like two curious kids. <laughs> you know, learning and sharing. And he was more interested in learning than sharing, honestly. <laughs> and, and it, you know, and I always found that amazing because Nick had so much wisdom and knowledge to share. And yet he couldn't satiate that hunger to learn even more. So the times we would be talking often, he would be asking me more than I would be asking him. And I always felt this is the strangest thing in the world yet. <laughs> but, you know, we all have our unique uh, knowledge-based gifts as well. And, and he was always wanting to learn. And that to me was something so profound that it's impacted on me because I always want to learn as well uh, that uh, it doesn't mean the basics or the core changes, 
but it's sort of like little things like, you know, over the time we were talking about different things like silver was obviously a big topic about how do we manage certain things like immune challenges or infections. And, and, you know, so that was part of the, the development of like, we're still doing the base, but so what if this arises, right? These are the things that you have to be therapeutically connected and ready for mm-hmm. as well, because those are unique circumstances for anybody. And always you would try to figure it out, but these are the challenges for those left of us less left alive, right. To encounter maybe new things or variations of things we thought we knew. Well, one example um, of that has, that has come up since Nick passed mm-hmm. is the popularity of infrared saunas, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, he died eight years ago. People weren't talking about infrared so saunas much, no. so much eight years ago. Um, but now, you know, there's been a lot of evidence that it, that it can be an effective treatment, especially for detoxification. Um, and yet, as with everything with the Gonzalez protocol, it mm. doesn't mean that it's right for everybody. Right. So yeah. we encourage infrared saunas, but maybe not for somebody who's already parasympathetic dominant, mm-hmm. who, mm-hmm. who really sh- should not be in that type of an environment. Um, so that's a, those are the kinds of discussions that we have every day as Gonzalez guardians are like, right. this is something I'm thinking about ozone therapy or, or I've had success with infrared saunas. How could I incorporate this in a safe way? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that there's no contraindications. Beautiful. Yeah, that's great. Now, um, going back in time, we'll, we'll pop back and forth in time. Here we are at the Healing Strong Conference where we're recording our Sunday conversation with Mary Beth Gonzalez. Uh, the gonzalezprotocol.com. Um, before you met Nick, you're, 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 you know, we're not going into every detail of your dating life. That's not where I'm going. Just, you know, in terms of, of your upbringing and your faith, things that, that uh, brought you to your belief system so that one day you would meet Nick, right? You know, all of those things that led to it. Did you have crises of faith over time? Did you have, you know, transitions in beliefs experiences that caused you to question, you know, what brought you to your strength? Well, um, I am a cradle Episcopalian, mm-hmm. and my um, our church has always been an important part of my family life. Um, you know, I grew up grew up singing in the church choir. Mm-hmm. So did my parents. My brothers were all acolytes. So going to church and and worshiping the Lord and praying has always been a part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something I never questioned, um, and. And so what, what happened when I moved to New York City, is so I moved there. Where were you from before? Well, we lived in a suburb of New York City, okay. but I went to College of Vermont. Okay. So I, after college, I moved to New York City. And I went there for work. And I didn't, re- I didn't really realize that there wouldn't be a lot of like real Christians in New York City. <laughs> oh, you, you were surprised by that, yes. were you? And, and there were an awful lot of Democrats in New mm. York City. Why was I so surprised? Mm. Um, so. Uh, my, my dating life before Nick consisted of a lot of me basically realizing on the first or second date that these people, they're they're not Christians and we wouldn't be able to have a, a life together. Long-term committed relationship. Um, and, and so the, so, so cute story when I met Nick, um, so we're now on our third date, Mm -hmm. um, and he, took me to this fabulous piano bar and um you know he didn't drink but i was sitting there sipping a glass of wine and he and he said okay i need to have a really serious conversation with you and i'm like oh my god what's he gonna tell me he's married um 
You're in New York after all. Who knows? Right, exactly. What is this conversation? (laughs) Um, Is he mad because I'm having a glass of wine? Like, what is the story? Mm -hmm. And he said, I need to tell you, Mary Beth, that I'm a Christian. And it's a non-negotiable in my relationship that I need to be with a Christian woman. And uh, I... We haven't talked about this yet, and and so I just wanted to put that out on the table. And you, you could just see Nick saying, like, putting it out on the table. Yes. And I burst into tears because I finally found this Christian man that I was looking for. And I told him about my background mm-hmm. and my beliefs, and we talked about it all the rest of the night. And I don't know. I guess things worked. We were engaged in six weeks so wow yeah well that's funny from i wonder what he's gonna ask me right to, i didn't know what he's to, gonna say like the greatest question ever right. or, you know based on his his belief how it aligned in that that way so yeah so your life had had kind of led up to that in terms of your commitment your your value system right aligned yes. in that way and interestingly we both um had not found a church in new york city mm-hmm. that we were comfortable with um and so I would go home to where my parents lived in Bedford, New York, to church, uh, or sometimes I didn't go at all, and I and I would you know pray and and worship and read my Bible at home. Well, having Nick now at, at, so accessible every day, yeah. he became my Bible teacher, <laughs> and and Bibles. He was an amazing Bible scholar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that became the two of us became each other's church. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I, I, that's one thing you, I really you miss. created a sacred relationship. And, uh, you know, I would say that's a great example for all of you to, to, to hear. However, you, you know, when you come together, what they call in holy matrimony, mm-hmm. you know, do you take that seriously? Do you come together in conscious, you know, spiritual union? Right. And I think that's an important part of when you connect. I know if, if anybody's out there looking for that special someone to be you know, committed lifelong to. And I know that uh, in our culture, it's kind of they discard relationships right and left like they don't take it as seriously. But I think in terms of fa- having a solid spiritual foundation to start, um, no, it doesn't mean you have to believe exactly identically in everything. I mean, because we're all unique individuals. I always remember that. Uh, but a basic foundational, you know, commitment to, you know, a spiritual Oh my goodness! We're, Low battery. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Well, um, so to that point, mm-hmm. uh, we had a a where I had a very traumatic experience um, when Nick died because um, I understood from one of his dear friends mm-hmm. that that um, Nick believed that when you die, um, you stay in the ground mm-hmm. until the Jesus comes back and raises us all up. Um, and I, I had nightmares mm. that he was in that box. Right. And, and I, I, I was just horrified at the idea because that, that was not my belief system. My belief system um, in the Episcopal church is mm-hmm. that, you know, your spirit goes to heaven when mm-hmm. you die. Um, so I had a real, really hard struggle with that. And um, his, his, um, one of his favorite Bible um, mentors lived in Holland. And I contacted him and I said, I just need to talk this through because I know you and Nick have. Mm-hmm. And 
And he said, well, Mary Beth, here's what I'm going to tell you. I think Nick was present, pleasantly surprised when uh, he died yes. that God took him right to heaven. And he is yeah. not sitting in that box. Right. I agree. Yes. Well, see, that's funny. You know, because I mentioned that about the the base fundamental principles that you aligned and shared with didn't mean that you had to agree in every Bible right. verse and its interpretation. And I, I think this is so important. This is why I love these Sunday conversations because they're not here to proselytize or convert anybody. They're here to share stories about why you, you know, what's your experience been like, because there are as many souls as there are in, in, in the world, there are that many experiences about it. And I think we're better from, you know, sharing, listening, you know, opening our heart to these experiences. And, you know, sometimes you feel the emotions. Again, I, I do just talking about Nick, you know, right now, feeling his presence and his loss from our perspective. I know he's fine. It's just like we're right. the guys and girls left behind dealing with, okay, we still got stuff we got to do here. But, uh, you know, I'm not mad at Nick. I, I know that on a spiritual level, there's so much more that I'll figure out once. Sometimes we get in, inclinations through dreams, right? I don't know if you have any really good dream experiences oh with, since Nick's gone. I have 67 dreams. You wrote them all down. I write them awesome. all down. Awesome. Yes. Um, and they were very prevalent at the beginning mm -hmm. when he passed away. And it was, it was it, basically I can sum it up as he was always trying to communicate to me in some way to like reassure me, to let me know I was, that he was okay, that, that he was there, that, that mm -hmm. um, at one point he showed up. It wasn't even a dream. He actually showed up in my home in, I, I got up in the middle of the night and I was going to the bathroom and he rolled a little ball in from the other room and I looked up and there he was. Mm -hmm. And, and it wasn't the Nick that I knew. Mm -hmm. It was Nick at age like 37, mm -hmm. young, dashing, mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. Um, and, but he was, you know, wearing a little trench coat that he used to always wear. So obviously I knew it was him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and he didn't say anything to me. He just looked at me and tears were rolling down his face. Mm. And that helped me to realize, okay, he gets it. He gets what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. He's sad too for, for not being with me. Mm -hmm. But then in a blink, the light just changed and he was gone. And, and I thought, oh, thank God he's, he's, he's in heaven. He's safe. And he's carrying on the work that God needs him to do now. So that was, you know, beautiful. One of the dreams, but yeah. there's 66 others. Wow. <laughs> and and I, I still have that. them, mm -hmm. not not as often. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I do what I call taking a nick nap. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes when I've got a business situation, I don't really know in, intuitively how to handle. Mm -hmm. um, I just calm my mind and I. I lie down on the couch and I close my eyes and I talk to him and I always wake up with an answer. Mm. And so far those answers have turned out to be, you know, good solutions. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't necessarily hear his voice, but I feel the, that I know what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so he's here. More evidence of, of what they call love beyond the veil. You know, that that bond that doesn't get broken uh, and the ability even to reach out from those worlds back here. Um, and, and I think that part of it is the practice that you've done in terms of your spiritual practice to maintain an openness to that. 
because some people will say, I, I don't, I don't even dream. You know, I think it takes practice to do what you've done to, you know, consciously remember and not just let them flitter away. You're going to write them down when you wake up. So you never forget them in there. You know, how much of our life is slept away mm-hmm. and it's part of our life, our existence as well. So I'm just blessed to know. And thank you for sharing, you know, that little insight. I did, you know, I, I remember we had talked earlier on about some of these things, but you know, years now, it's been eight years. It's been it's not eight possible. years. I know. Um, and, and yet when I look back at all that we've accomplished in eight years, mm-hmm. we, we, we published six books. Wow. You got some of the new things here. Yeah. yeah I, so I have, show us what we have here. I have, um, this is his official biography the, called the Maverick MD, Dr. Mm-hmm. Nicholas Gonzalez and his fight for a new cancer treatment. It's written by Mary Swander, mm-hmm. who, um, you interviewed I Mary. To, I yes. interviewed Mary. I so, think she interviewed me too. Yeah, <laughs> she yeah, would, right? She was awesome. Um, Mary is an award-winning author and playwright, and she was his patient for 20 years. Yep, yep. She knew the protocol cold, mm-hmm. and she loved him. So she did a beautiful job writing this yes. book. Um, and, um, in fact, I sold out selling it here at the, at the conference. Oh, wonderful. Um, and now you have a cookbook. And then I wrote a cookbook awesome. during COVID. Awesome. Put that on the screen so we see it. The Gonzalez Protocol Cookbook. Yes. All right. So, so. It, when you're on the protocol, you get a list of all the right foods for your metabolic type, right? That too, and sure. all the things that you're not supposed to eat. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's the good stuff and the bad stuff. Well, people were always saying to me, okay, great. I got this ingredient list, but how do I make foods that I actually want to eat? Yeah. And that'll, that'll be okay for my metabolic type. Mm-hmm. So I worked with um, some past patients who had great recipes. Um, one, one of them in particular has written new, um, healthy cookbooks. Mm-hmm. Just like looking at the buffalo. And the beef. <laughs> there's a lot of vegetarians yeah. for different. Again, there, it's, it was it's organized by metabolic type. Metabolic type, yeah. So there's sympathetic dominant recipes and parasympathetic dominant recipes, mm-hmm. and then anything for for balanced people. Um, and it's and it you, it notes right there on the diet what type of t- what type it's best for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I'm a little embarrassed to say this now, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, when I met Nick at age 34, I didn't know how to cook. Oh my. I was your typical New Yorker. Right. Who and, cooks in New York? Right. right? Who cooked? Yeah. You know, I was in sales. I was always on the road or I was eating at a restaurant or ordering mm-hmm. in. And so when I married Nick, I not only had to learn how to shop for ingredients, yeah, but I needed to learn how to cook. So a lot of the recipes are things that he taught me. Oh, this is so amazing. He'd been a bachelor for so long. Mm -hmm. He, and he believed, you know, homemade cooking with the best cooking. Mm -hmm. So, um, he taught me how to make a a lot of the recipes in that book. And then there's some from Dr. Kelly. Okay. We have, we have a, um, I found this original recipe box, Mm -hmm. you know, those old recipe boxes with the little um, folder dividend Mm -hmm. or dividers. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's some Kelly recipes in there. Now I got to tell you, they're not the most delicious. I, I picked the good ones. Yeah. Um, some of them are really horrendous, but he had a lot <laughs> of great liver recipes, liver mm-hmm. drinks, um, which is an important part of the protocol. Right. Well, and it's funny because all these years later, I, I ask in my lectures, how many people eat liver once a week? Mm-hmm. Nobody. Rowan's a month. Nobody is like rare. Right. And so we realized how important that is a food source that has been lost 
Well, there's us. a whole section on liver. Oh, and, and I would like, man, with all the things that I've learned since then, to ha I would just have Nick on the phone. We'd be having a blast talking <laughs> about it. It's like, yep, I knew that. Yep, he, he was there, you know. But it's just, it's wonderful how this is all fitting so beautifully together as we move forward that um, nothing has been lost, you know, other than we lost our, our, our friend, my friend, Nick, and many of you who love Nick and that. But as I said, the stories that Mary Beth's sharing uh, recognize that his spirit is very alive, very present. And, you know, I, I think it's true of all of us. Um, you know, this is a not a unique story in the one sense that we all come and we all go. Right. Uh, but that some people touch your life in a very special way. Nick touched many millions of people's lives in his lifetime here. And, and that's why to share this story is not only cathartic, you know, perhaps well for me to hear it, it makes me, you know, makes my heart happy. Uh, at the same time, you know, I feel all the emotions, but a lot of people that, you know, kind of knew Nick from all the years that he was on this show or other things that he did. Uh, you know, I, I just sense, and I'm grateful to Mary Beth for coming on board. It's, this is the one interview when I said to my wife, when I was coming here, I was like, Mary Beth's going to be there. I'm thinking she would be the most awesome Sunday conversation. <laughs> my wife said, get you, Nobody else. You get Mary Beth on. That's right. So she knows, too. So it's beautiful that it's happening. Oh, thank you. There's something else that I um, mm -hmm. spent time doing here at the conference. Um, mm -hmm. I held a little informational session, mostly for people who have been newly diagnosed with cancer and are not quite sure what to do. Um, so I quoted from an article I'd written recently, um, which if it's it OK if I read. Oh, this yeah, paragraph yeah, yeah. Here? let's do it. OK. So um, I wrote, one of the most important things that you can do if you hear this cancer diagnosis is realize that you don't have cancer. Cancer doesn't possess you, nor do you own it. Cancer is a diagnosis. Cancer is an unwelcome toxic invasion into your healthy body that can be dealt with while you visualize yourself healed and healthy. And maintaining this positive outlook provides you with the fuel for coping with this diagnosis mm. um, and show that do not fear that's do not visually. fear do not fear um that's the thing fear is is something that feeds cancer and other degenerative issues in your life and um it's very easy to fall prey to the fear so and then i go on in the article giving some advice about how to listen to yourself and mm -hmm. how to how to uh approach the different decisions that you might need to make mm -hmm. um about finding the right tr cancer treatment for you it's, it's not a, an article suggesting that you have to do the Gonzalez protocol. It's more about an outlook sure. um, to give you the positive, most positive approach to healing. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And, and one of the things I loved about that, you don't have cancer. It doesn't possess you and you don't possess it technically. Mm -hmm. um, I think in terms of spiritual discussion, how often people say my soul, I have a soul, my soul will go. I'm like, no, no, no. You are that. You are that spiritual being. The illusion is that we're this physical body. This is just what we inhabit while we're here or else Nick wouldn't be living on. Right. It's not the body. The body is a tool that we have here while we're on planet Earth to use. Uh, but the reality is we are that spiritual being. And so we have powers of co-creation given to us by God that are far more powerful than any other man, mere mortal that we all are in that sense. But uh, we often uh, ascribe superpowers to these doctors. And, you know, Nick was as, as brilliant as he was. He recognized it wasn't him that did this. And, and you know, that was the humility that he brought with it to everything that, you know, that I've tried to um, emulate in terms of, you know, remind myself that it's not me that's the healer. You know, as we talk about wanting to be a healer or whatever, I believe everybody is or has the capacity to do so if they step into it. But the healer is that which is connected to the source of all healing. 
And that is, again, that's why I like talking spiritual stuff mm -hmm. on our Sunday conversations more overtly, you know, in the mix of all the other discussion points we have on the show. But uh, that's, a, you know, important reminder. You don't have cancer. It doesn't possess you. And again, you are that great spiritual being that can outcreate anything because with the help of God, you have that in your birthright. As, as you're saying this, Robert, I'm, I was reminded of um, Nick telling me why he doesn't wear a white coat. Because mm -hmm. I kept thinking, like, why aren't you coming home in your white doctor coat? I mean, that's what doctors do, right? Mm -hmm. And he said, no, I'm here as a man working with God to help heal of my patients. I don't want to put on that white coat and be seen as above and godlike, mm -hmm. like so many of those doctors yeah. believe they are. So he never once even owned a white coat. Isn't that See, great? Yeah, he knew it. And, and, you know, my good friend, John Rappaport, who, you know, wrote about Nick as well and appreciated him so much as an investigative journalist, he would talk about the white lab coats as the, you know, the priestcraft in the church of biological mysticism. And I called it pharmaceutical mysticism because, again, it became a religion or a cult that was not of God anymore. It became of ego and of the mind. And the mind is a tool, but if you put it in charge, it's going to do some horrible things. You know, and as brilliant as Nick is and was he he didn't let the mind control him yep. there was Stayed that great humility that. and and uh the, the the surrender to the divine spirit right and uh, that's what i love so much about this this revisiting a bit of this thank you mary beth as well as learning about more more of your journey as well as since that time and you you have a lot here that you brought uh you've been traveling also with some doctors to different events we were supposed to be at the cancer control society and that canceled at the last minute um, but, uh, was so happy that I could see you here. Cause I was so bummed. I was going to miss you at that event. Uh, but I don't know. Sometimes these things happen for larger reasons. Well, um, as an example, we were very bummed too, when mm -hmm. that, when the C cancer control society conference was canceled, mm -hmm. but we'd written a whole presentation. Dr. Andre Williams and I were going to present. So we decided mm -hmm. that we were going to make some lemonade out of these lemons right. and we'd put on a webinar. Oh. And for the very first time, we did a a webinar um, for the foundation, and and we we just charged about ten dollars to mm -hmm. try to cover some of our costs, mm -hmm. um, and it was a phenomenal success. Nice. And it's now yeah. turned into something that we're going to do on a regular basis because so many people uh, commented and and. It, not only participated and asked questions, but then commented afterwards that like this was such an intimate setting to learn more yeah. about these doctors. Mm -hmm. um, so I've so that was with Dr. Andre Williams. I've got one coming up with Dr. Alex Orton in November, and then we're going to grab Dr. Tony, mm -hmm. get on his schedule. I love that. Well, and that's the thing about making lemonade, right? Out right? of lemons, it's like what happens when these unfortunate, unforeseen circumstances arise. Uh, do you you know do you stew in it? Or do you say, oh, well, God, why is this happening? Maybe there's something else we're supposed to be doing. And you do it. And in, in this case, I feel like we touched people in a different way. Mm -hmm. And they were able to directly get their questions asked and then follow up with us. Mm -hmm. And nobody had to travel. Like, let's face it. Traveling's really it's, difficult it's, these it's, days. Yeah, it, it's not as easy as it once was. It's true. Uh, so, I'm, you know, I'm grateful for all of these things. And I think that is a key of finding gratitude and even in the circumstances you would normally want to curse. <laughs> You know, because it kind of blocks the gifts that are trying to be given all the time. And, uh, the, you know, that weekend I had a found weekend that I didn't anticipate and was able to completely con gut or, if you will, gut my studio, re reconvert it to another 
form so that I could have in studio guests, which I was doing for uh, Jonathan Emord, who was one of our one of my best friends in the world too. You know, man of faith and and also a man of of great commitment to these ideals that Nick appreciated too. You know, the origins of America, individual liberty, right? Rights come from God. All of these things, and in various endeavors, um, you know. Jonathan's an attorney. He didn't go into medicine, but he became an attorney for uh, not uh, what we call evil in any way, because a lot of the attorney profession goes down that road, but really for good to defend liberty. And and so I lo- I liken these people that are on a mission, you know, that, that I know Nick would appreciate, and maybe some of them he knew as well while he was still here. Uh, but yeah, the studio completely got converted. I'm like, I, it was not a possibility. And so yeah. just in time to do a major... Uh, telethon support of him with Mike Adams and everything. So it wouldn't have happened. So again, I didn't know why initially. I'm like, well, something's up and here we go. Well, it also gave me time to work on an important project that I had started Mm -hmm. locally um, a a year ago, uh, Sanibel Island, where I live, Mm -hmm. um, was devastated by Hurricane Ian. And so some friends and I had planned a, a commemorative event to just help us move on and move forward and celebrate um, that we were alive mm-hmm. and we were rebuilding. And so during that found weekend, I found a time to write a whole blessing for that service and um, and help plan it. And we just did it the day before I came out to Healing Strong and it was a big success. Oh, beautiful. So did you have to actually repair, rebuild what happened in where you were living? Uh, so I... I stayed for the hurricane. Wow! Um, and I was there with my parents. Is, it, um, did, did they cut off the complete access to the island? Yes. It was gone. Yes, yeah. and it was broken in five places. Um, and so um, there's been a lot of rebuilding. Uh, you know, fortunately, um, I wasn't on a low floor, so I didn't have that kind of flooding. Although everything in the storage unit was yeah was sure. ruined, but all of my Nicholas Gonzalez Foundation work was in a different storage unit up high. Oh, wonderful! So that didn't so nothing didn't lose any of that. But you know, you you lose all the stuff that that you probably should have gotten rid of anyway, like mm-hmm. the old bikes and right. Yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, we're still repairing. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, it, you know, six months to get a dishwasher because <laughs> all the appliances blew out. Right. Uh. And new air conditioning and carpets and these are the physical world cur- realities yeah. when they're gone you're like suddenly yeah. and then everybody around you needs all the, the same, same thing, stuff right uh, and so good luck finding a contractor and good luck working with the insurance company mm-hmm. uh, so this this event that we held was to try to let go of all of that mm. um, and we took all of our angst and we put them on a piece of paper and we threw them into a bonfire to oh, kind nice. of extinguish their power mm-hmm. and uh and so I'm so I was thankful that we were able to pull that off. Was it uh, um, I don't know at all scary to li- live through that? To it be was there? terrifying. I'm thinking it was ten hours of pounding, rain and wind, and the whole building was swaying. Wow! And um, we thought that the building was going to just snap in half. Uh, so it was yeah, it was terrifying. And um, my parents. <laughs> They're so cute. Um, I kept, I basically put them in the guest room and told them to stay in the guest bathroom because there were no windows and that would be the safest place for them to be. Well, they kept sneaking out of their room (laughs) 
and going up to look at the hurricane because right. you look out these windows and it's spectacular. Actually, was it was it seeing. happening day or night or both? It was during the day. day. Okay, so it started at 10 a.m. and it was over at eight, so it was all wow. during the daylight. So you can visually you could see, see the everything. Oh my gosh! Um, except for when the the rain was pounding so hard that it, that it was pretty blurry. Blinding, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but. Uh, oh yeah, you saw things floating around and you feel very and... small and insignificant when you're in the, the the midst of the power of creation in that way. Yeah. Nature is its fury in a sense. And and I've never been in a nas national natural disaster, mm -hmm. um, so I kind of thought when it was over, oh, it's over. Yeah, back to normal. No, no, it was like a war zone when we walked outside, and. Um, People who lost so much more than we did and people just all walking down with their head held low and mm. shaking and covered in stuff. There was just. Oh, my gosh. Stuff from the bird sanctuaries all over everybody. Wow. Um, and, you know, sewage and trees down everywhere. It was a mess. Mm -hmm. Total mess. And it still is. Um, but, you know, talk about a test of faith. Yeah. People are rebuilding. People are committed. Um, some people have left because that was the right decision for them. They didn't really think they were going to see it come back in their lifetime. Mm. Uh, so I can appreciate that, but you know, I'm young mm. and I'm sticking it out. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Again, uh, the journeys that we have in life and, um, wide and varied. And again, what is the, you know, what is it that tests our faith? Probably and maybe anything or everything I've said also in America, Pro, part of the discussions I've had with Nick over the years, too, is like, you know, we we're both very disappointed in, um, you know, our fellow Americans that don't seem to appreciate or no longer appreciated the, the gifts of freedom given to us by our founders. And yet, I think partly because we've had it easy as Americans, relatively speaking, and this is not to say that nobody's suffering ever or, you know, it's just this life. But overall, if you travel around the world and you can see certain areas of the world where people are not guaranteed that they're going to live through the day. They don't necessarily have food and shelter the same way uh, that, you know, some of my experiences going to Africa and, and visiting in that in the midst of that gave me a great appreciation for what I call the reliance on divine spirit or the Holy Spirit, that we can give it lip service here, because for the most part, for our lifetime, even today, even with all the inflation and stuff, for the most part, you have just, you know, I'm looking at the normalcy of everything, despite what we know is going on. And yet. Often people won't come back to their faith or God or even a new faith until they're challenged and threatened, you know, and with difficulty. And the question is, could you find your faith in the times when things were good? And, you know, Nick, no matter what, good or bad, was there in faith. That's what I, you know, witnessed with him. And not everybody has that level of commitment because when times are good and easy, it's just easy to just, eh, I don't need it anymore. But he was never wavering from that in my experiences with him. He, uh, he he really believed in the power of prayer, and mm -hmm. so when he was frustrated, which Believe happened me, all the time, yeah. mm -hmm. um, and he didn't understand, you know, one of the problems with being so brilliant is that nobody else is right. Mm -hmm. When he couldn't understand why everybody else didn't see it the way he <laughs> yeah. did, yeah. you know, it's, it's so simple here. Right, I don't understand. Right. Um, you know, he would hunker down and and just get kind of rejuvenated. By the idea that, okay, I can do this and I can get through this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in a lot of ways he did. Yeah. In a lot of ways he did. I actually have an announcement oh, I wanted to make. We got an announcement. Good timing with five minutes left. You're oh, so okay. good. Um, so 
I wanted you to know that I just got engaged. Whoa. Look at this. Mary Beth engaged. Is that what we're seeing on your face? Oh, my gosh. Look at that beauty. What are we looking at here? It's an emerald. A beautiful green emerald and a couple of diamonds around it. A couple of diamonds. Wow. Um, And and it's an important story to share because Mm. Nick brought us together. Oh, this is I got to hear. Come on. (laughs) So um, shortly after Nick died. I was invited to the Truth About Cancer event that Ty and Charlene Bollinger were, mm-hmm. were putting on, and Nick was getting in a Lifetime Achievement Award, and they asked me to bring um, my five-minute video about the foundation. And I turned to my parents. I was like, I don't have a five-minute video about right. my foundation. We just started. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was with my parents at Thanksgiving mm-hmm. um, on Santa Bob, still living in New York City. So my dad said, well, okay, we'll just get one made. And I said, Dad, we have two weeks. And he said, we're good. We'll get one made here. I know somebody from our church who's a documentary filmmaker. So sure enough, I call him and took a couple days to get in touch with him because he's also a a cave explorer and a scuba diver. So he was out at sea. All right. So by the time we finally connected, I was like, "Okay, I have no time, but I really, really need your help. And when can we get started? And so I met him over three days we built this great video, which you saw mm-hmm. at the, at the Truth yeah. About Cancer event, mm-hmm. and um, and we started dating. Oh my gosh! Um, just just as friends first, because I, mm-hmm. I was still so new. Sure. Um, and and I was living in New York. Uh, and anyway, so we got engaged recently, and I am, I'm, I'm really thankful that I have a second chance at love. Mm-hmm. Um. Rusty is a wonderful man. He, he takes wonderful care of me in a totally different way than Nick did. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I just wanted to let you know, the first person I've told. How beautiful. And now everybody knows. Congratulations. <laughs> right. Mazel tov. All of that. This is wonderful news. And, you know, the thing is that, that, that life goes on and, and, you know, love is, is you know, beyond the bonds bond, and the bounds, if you will. And it's not limiting it. And it takes nothing away from um, your journey with Nick, no. which, you know, in that way ended, right? Right. And then a new journey begins. And then what, what of us who are left, right? What, what's next? And I don't know if you even had a thought of it, but. Well, what Rusty often says to me is that he loves Nick too. He fell in love with Nick making this movie about Nick. Mm-hmm. And he said, Nick is very much a part of our relationship and I will never do anything to try to minimize that. He he was there filming the entire seminar that we mm. did for 10 days with our doctors. And he's been with me every step of the way. Ah, so beautiful. So congratulations. This is wonderful news. Uh, so as we're wrapping up here, just a couple of more minutes as we go, the Nicholas uh, Gonzalez, the Gonzalez protocol. We want the foundation. Of course, you can see this here. Hopefully, where is it? Up, up, up. There we go. The Gonzalez found, I'm sorry, protocol.com. And it's in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com as we always, uh, you know, Nick is close to our hearts all, all the time. And um, there's still access to the protocols that he developed. A lot has been written about it. We've talked about some books and I'm excited about this cookbook. I'm going to buy this from you if you don't. Is this your last copy? I'll give it to you. Yo, you're the best. I can't <laughs> wait. This is wonderful. It's coming home, honey. So uh, this looks so good. And this is like we'll have Nick in the kitchen too and and Mary Beth. And I should have said every mm-hmm. single recipe mm-hmm. was a, was tested by a friend of mine. So mm-hmm. not, you know, some famous cook testing yeah. it, but like a real person, a real person testing that could do it. this, right? Gonzalez Protocol Cookbook. Y'all get it. And it's available 
primarily on the website? It's available on the website. Okay. So wonderful opportunity to cook as Nick had taught Mary Beth and more, uh, which is very exciting. Um, as we're wrapping up here, uh, is there anything else that you want to share? Like people? No still more re- announcements. No more announcements. Okay. All right. <laughs> just in case. And, and, and as far as, again, those that still have questions about Nick's passing, is there any more revelation about that in any way that you can be shared? And it's okay if they can't, but no. I wanted to know because people you know, are always concerned. And uh, the point is here, Nick's work is still going, going strong. Thanks to Mary Beth and others that are working with her. And Nick is fine. He's doing great on the other side. And, you know, we feel his presence all of the time here. And it's just a wonderful opportunity to get a reunion. Do you have a wedding date yet, Seth? No, we're just enjoying being engaged. Dates. Okay. Well, I can't wait to meet him. Hopefully one day soon. Yeah. If I head to Florida, you'll be there still. That's right. Okay. We'll do it. All right, folks. Well, what a wonderful uh, reunion here at the Healing Strong. Uh, thanks to Susie Griswold and family and the entire Healing Strong f- uh, team. They're all everywhere now and you guys can participate. Anybody that's dealing with cancer has overcome it, it's going through it. A lot of great people here I got to interact with at my lecture as well. And um, you know, seeing Mary Beth and others that we we connect with uh, from time to time, it really strengthens our mission and purpose and passion for what we do. So um, God bless you all. Thank you for being here with us on the Sunday Conversations. We are, of course, on two hours a day, five days a week live with our Sunday Conversation on this on this day. And it's uh, just an honor and, and makes my heart just so big to do this. So thank you all. Thank you, Mary Beth. Thank you. God Robert. bless you. And remember, as Nick knows, too, the power to heal is yours. 